0: Okay, so start recording. If everyone just kind of wants to say something really quick, do, do, do. make sure everybody's recording. Bing, bing, bing.
1: Cool. Oh, you're recording now? Yeah, I see it.
0: Do you believe in life after love? Yay. Yeah. <laughs> you be careful. I'm going to add that <laughs> to the, beginning of the
1: podcast. <laughs> I mean, you can't do it because copyright, but I mean. What?
2: Hypertime to
0: podcast. Welcome everyone into the Hyper Time, the Hyper Time to podcast. I'm your host Josh Miller bringing you the bookend of our Dwayne McDuffie and Milestone episodes. And so as we get into all the content that we could not talk about during this month, um, we're going to do that today. And to do that, I'm going to have some help with my co-host, Alan Muir. Alan, how are you again?
3: I'm doing great.
0: And we have our guest today that we had mentioned in previous episodes. But Alan, do you want to introduce him today?
3: Yes, I've known this man 10 years. We have done many podcasts together. We've have... he has written for he read he wrote for the first iteration of EGU. I think maybe one 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 thing he wrote. Yeah. He is my best <laughs> friend Javon McNeil.
1: Hello, hello. How's it going Josh? Uh Alan, thank you for that lovely introduction. Uh it's good to be back uh hanging out with you guys on a podcast. And like Alan said, we've known each other for ten plus years now. Love them to death. Um, written a few things on different sites with Alan for Allen. Busy schedule, adulting, all that stuff has kind of stopped that. But uh, yeah, man, I, I love podcasts. I love hanging out with you guys. It's always a, pretty much a fun time. So it's really nice to for you guys to invite me to be a part of this Black History Month uh, podcast, especially dealing with Dwayne McDuffie. I'm ready to go. sorry about the last time. So, second take, we got this.
0: <laughs> second take, <laughs> let's do this this time. Already going smoother than I did. But I, yeah, I didn't want to just like pass over everything we did in our previous take because it. I feel like it is very important. And I don't want to kind of diminish everything that you had discussed. <laughs> um, so, I guess I'll just bring it all up again. Um, if I can't even remember, while I asked, and so, yeah, I guess kind can you go into what it's like being a black man, a black nerd who is trying to find representation in media that is not always there? Kind of what is it like to both see it finally happen and then what is it like to when you see it not to not be represented? yeah
1: uh uh, pretty much you know like i said earlier um it's from where you know growing up and being like a black nerd and just being in the comics and the anime and sci-fi and whatever whatnot that you have you it's kind of been a long journey even though i'm I'm not that old i'm sorry my dog's going off (laughs) um yeah, let me. <laughs> so sorry, guys. But, That's um, good.
0: Don't worry about it. Yeah.
1: Even, you know, not being, you know, I'm still kind of young ish, you know, in my th- early 30s. And I grew up with a lot of different media. Do you want me to, like, stop pause it for my dog so he can stop? Or... Like... I'm I'm fine with it. It, it
0: doesn't bother me. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. It's just a dog but, uh... that doesn't like dogs.
1: <laughs> it's, it's been a journey because you don't you know back in the day in the 90s and stuff like that you really didn't see many characters who looked like you on television or or any of sort of the media unless they were kind of like cannon fodder or cannon fodder or like a background character or the stereotypical you know black guy or, or a black person in, in these movies type of things so it was kind of hard to be able to look up to a character and be like hey that's me or I see myself in them because it, there weren't many So from where, you know, growing up to where we are now, it's not good, but it's gotten a lot better. And there's been a lot more influential characters on screen where I have felt like a a total connection to in, you know, some way or shape or form. And not just me, but for, you know, my nieces and my nephews to be like, that person looks like me or I want to be that character perfect example is um I have you know my twins kid uh my nephew he you know black and hispanic so he loves spider-man and he's you know he loves miles morales and he's like that's me that's me and it just you know even thinking about it, it just warms my heart and it just makes me want to cry because it's just like finally this kid he's gonna be a nerd just like his uncle he sees a character that he can identify identify with at such an early age whereas when i was growing up it was like you know finding a needle in a haystack the characters were there but they weren't there. they weren't as mainstream as you know there are many white characters and it's just even with anime you know there's a lot of they aren't white but they're white passing, but they're Japanese. But you know, yeah. wanting to, wanting to cosplay, you know, wanting to cosplay these characters, and you do it, and you you have you know black cosplayers getting railroaded by white cosplayers and other other cultures. Like, oh, you're the black version of that. Like, no, I am this character. Oh, but that character isn't black, and it's just like, oh wow, okay, but that character is not white. They're Japanese. So what are you trying to tell me? <laughs> you, you, you know, it's like things like that, and. and just even with video games, you really don't get a main lead that's a Black character. So when you finally get that and they aren't in a stereotypical role, it's a great feeling. And it just... I, I definitely, like I said, we've come a long way, but we aren't at that threshold yet where I'm comfortable with. To say, like, we have it all there, but it's, it's a good first start.
0: Yeah, I mean, as a white person, I look at it and I'm like, no, we're not all there. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, something that happened recently was the casting of Supergirl. Um, I'm I'm probably gonna mispronounce her name, Sasha Cal Cali. Um, uh, you know, she's Latino, and they're yeah. going to have a Latino Supergirl. And just as you would suspect, there's a big outcry about having a Latino play it, <laughs> play Supergirl. Um, so I guess. You know, because this happens a lot with black characters too. God forbid a black character take a white, you know, a black person take a white character role or whatever. You know, yeah. I remember that happening with, you know, Perry White with Man of Steel or whatever. Yeah. When you, would you see, yeah. So when you see stuff like that, like, what is your reaction to see a black person take a white character role? Because I know from my perspective, I don't really care as long as the, like, the character is still right. I don't care what they look like. I don't care who's cast as them. <laughs> I just want the character to be pre- portrayed correctly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, from your perspective, do you see a problem when stuff like that happens? And what is your, like, response to criticisms of things like that happening? See, that that that's kind of
1: a tough one. And, like, first of all, let me go to the whole Supergirl issue, which is weird and what just kind of blows my mind especially when people say that superman isn't human he's human or <laughs> right know? he's not from earth so technically superman could be any color or creed he his background isn't rooted as superman is he was born white you know he's a white american he's a white guy from earth he's like no he's when you say superman the first thing that comes out of your mouth is Kryptonian. you don't mm-hmm. say white you don't say any color, great. so it's for Supergirl. Could you know, there's black Kryptonians, there's Hispanic, you know, different color Kryptonians, and, and that's what I loved about the um uh Alan, uh, you know, at the uh, the Superman or uh, the Krypton series on sci fi 10. Uh, that's like the precursor to Superman. I loved it because you saw a planet full of aliens who were all shapes and colors. <laughs> it wasn't like he's not white. And so with Supergirl, I'm like, yeah, she's an alien. So she could be whatever color or whatever, you know, whatever race of a person can play her. Yes, she was predominantly shown as white, but her background genealogy race is not white. It's Kryptonian. So that goes into with the whole Perry White thing. When you see a black character, like uh, a black actor playing a character who was predominantly white, uh, if their like background wasn't, like stated, like he's a white, he was born white, yada yada yada. I'm like, okay, I don't see any difference, or or I don't see any issue with it. But then you go into the territory of there's a black character in the comics, and then they turn to white, which is a lot of <laughs> racist people's issue. They're like, oh, so what if we made Black Panther white or, or like when or things like that. And I'm like, I'm in Africa, so you're white, guy. or they're just like, oh, Captain America can't be white or black or any other color. I'm like, well, Captain America. It's just a symbol. So anyone can now a black person can't be Steve Rogers because they said Steve, you know, unless it's an child or something like that. Mm-hmm. So that's where, you know, you know, the lines get kind of blurry and you can't be like, well, I'll say it's OK for this because they're like, well, then it should be OK for that. So it doesn't bother me as much. Like, like, I have the same kind of reaction that you do because I'm like a lot of white guys on screen anyway. But as long as the, the actor who's and they still get who Perry White is, because there is really like you know, you've seen him in comics as a white guy, but Perry White could have been a black person, he could have been a Hispanic his person, he could have been anyone because you barely see Perry. There's no definitive Perry White. this. So, I mean, Lawrence Fishburne did a great job. Mm hmm. So, I'm just kind of like, okay. <laughs> but I, I know uh, this is...
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. I just, <laughs> ahead, I just shared
3: a uh, picture in the chat of pre- one of the multiverse Superman, like the President Superman, sp- to be specific, Oh,
2: it's... yeah, I
3: know exactly which one you're talking about. Who, which, Who Grant Morrison created during his Action Comics run.
2: Yeah.
3: And i mean obviously there wasn't there wasn't i'm not sure if there was an no outcry for this because this was like around near the end of end of obama's first term beginning of a second term
1: yeah and they also used him in flashpoint right if i make her when all the supermen and stuff came together and did all uh
4: it
1: was it was one of the the, the big comic ones they
3: I know they used him. They've been using him recently, or they used him recently with the uh, death metal. Oh, nice! And then uh, the that the six issue miniseries of uh, Flash Forward that Redacted wrote. Just trying not to say a certain person's name who's been canceled.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally get you. <laughs> totally. Get
3: you. And but yeah, like. Uh, Dwayne McDuffie himself said when bringing up, like, exactly what Javon was mentioning, was talking about. He said, No one's losing a paycheck here.
4: Like, no one's losing a job. And, and it was. Just... Uh, go go on. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's just a simple way
3: to say yeah, what, you, what you guys are arguing about doesn't really matter.
2: Yeah,
1: like, They're fictional uh... characters. Like,. <laughs> Who cares? exactly <laughs> it's you know like i like a, a, i'm trying not to get off topic but like i can you know there are f- fictional characters and they do like a lot of these characters hold a lot of to to a lot of people but it's just kind of like <clears throat> in the sense of times are changing you have so many white white <laughs> what's wrong with having you know a black one or, or you know just like when people got mad when they're like oh Irish west was white but now she's black oh
3: i'm like
1: is that hurting <laughs> how's that hurting you <laughs> it's not changing anything you know you're still gonna have characters that were there it's just she's a... it's just so wrong and then it's just like all right well there's multiverses so there's still the other character of XXX or whoever it is that might have just gotten changed, so why are you comp- what's what's wrong?
3: Uh yeah. Javon is is he'll he'll understand where I'm coming from, but uh for one of the people who used to me and him used to podcast with uh Dave On Curry. Uh he me and him were big
4: Wally like Wally West like original Wally West uh like fans. And we were just Crushed when,
3: or when like he didn't make his return in New 52, New Fifty Two.
4: Oh yeah, and then like then there's a the whole thing with like nothing. I have nothing, no like ill
3: will or hatred for Wildest West. In fact, he's a re-
4: he's a really great character, and. That was a pretty fat, pretty
3: smart way to do a little flashpoint twist on everything.
4: Or new 52 twist, saying that, oh, right, because Barry altered the, the timeline, who he thought was his best friend. Was
3: is literally a different person, but then there was the retcon in the Flash Year One that they were both there in the timeline. God, these times these timelines are confusing.
4: Wibbly wobbly, Tommy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, now we
0: yeah. Now that we're kind of talking about characters, there was that previous question I asked you in our uh, failed recording where I asked you kind of the characters that you found representation in as you were growing up? Did you want to touch back on that stuff again?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of short, which is kind of sad, because growing up, there weren't that many Black characters on screen that left a big lasting impression, or that lasted long, whether it's in a movie or, you know, different sci-fi and anime. So there are definitely characters... It's kind of sad to say, but you know, I, I would say one big one growing up was Zach on the Power Rangers. You, oh, you know, yeah. you see, you see him, and you're like, oh, okay. You know, he's he's got the black boy vibe. You know, he's he knows karate, and he you know he dances, he does his hip hop keto, So it was like, oh man, like oh the black ranger. You're like all right, I could be him. It's just like all right, cool, cool, cool. And he you know he was a badass. Uh, other than that, um, you know, growing up and it's, it's on topic. Static, you know, seeing Static on screen was just like a a kid, you know, from the hood, who grew up around you know predominantly a you know, black neighborhood. You know, had his his dad and his sister, and you know, just a coming of age story of like getting powers and now what you're dealing with it and you're trying to make your neighborhood better. So there was him, there was John Stewart who was you know, the strong black guy who, you know, he was kind of static because of his military background and just how he grew up. But then, you know, he really had a heart of gold and he wanted to do more. And he, you know, even with power, he kept it in check. So there was him, And you know, getting kind of more recent. There's Miles and, you know, like I said earlier, you know, how my nephew can see himself in him and I can see myself in Miles, especially, on Spider Verse and things like that, and it just it it touched my heart. But it's there's other characters, but still, it's just not so much as any other you know white characters or some you know even sometimes Hispanic characters. There's not many black you know main characters, or even side characters that are on screen, and it just make you feel like you can always pick so many out of the litter to connect with. And that kind of hurts, and and it really does suck. And there are characters I know of, but it's just off the top of my head right now. I'm just kind of blanking. And that's how it is to be a Black nerd in a lot of media. Where I'm sure, you know, you guys, you know, being white and males, you can, off the top of your head, you can name, like, maybe 10, 20 white, you know, white superheroes or someone (laughs) that looks like you whereas me i'm just like all right i can name heroes and most of them are you know mainstream that everybody knows of because those are the only ones they put into the media in in rotation and then there's a few other ones i can call out but it's still not enough (laughs) and and that's where when, you know, you see people like, oh, there's another, oh, they just did it for the social justice warriors or whatever. Oh, they put a, a black or, or a, a woman character or a, in a show or in this movie. Oh, just to appease people. I'm like, you don't understand the significance. You can, you clearly have every face you see is just Western white guys. And even in anime, they're Japanese, but they look white. <laughs> so it's kind of like, you can identify with those characters to a degree, but you're like, man, when is someone going to look like me who isn't a villain or a background character who isn't going to die? Right. So it's it's really hard. So when you finally get that character, you're just like, oh, man, I feel like a kid. This is is touching my heart, and it makes you want to cry and everything else. So like I said, we're, we, we're a long ways from really getting to that point. I won't say a long ways, but it's it's still going to take
0: some time, but we're getting there. Slowly, but we're getting there. I think a lot of that will come down to having more you know, non-white creators in all of these medias too, because they're the ones who are going to prep, you know, prop up these characters properly. <laughs> um in a yeah. way to you know, get the feel right. Like, I'm sure there are definitely, you know, white writers who can get a, you know, an LGBTQ character feeling authentic or whatever. But, I've... but see, I think the the <laughs> problem with a lot of that is uh,
1: where you don't see a lot of characters, a lot of black writers or writers um, on screen or is the the people who are in these companies are afraid Mm -hmm. to do it because they think that um hey look if we put this character in we're gonna lose money or people weren't gonna go aren't gonna go see these and that's wrong because a lot of minorities are the big people who spend a lot of money on these movies oh I found another character and I gotta speak on this since we're there and I'm gonna make it quick because I know this is Dwayne McDuffie <laughs> but another character who I was like oh man and I got really super excited for and I saw on screen was Finn but we all know how Disney did us with Finn and I will never forgive them <laughs> and that is I will never like that is one of those characters and one of the things that makes me so angry and so hurt a lot of companies, <laughs> what they do is they'll black, uh, you know, black or minority business. And what that is, is just like Finn, how they, and all the promos in the, uh, was the first, uh, new movie from the trilogy, you're like, oh, first face you see, a black storm. Oh man, okay, this is cool. And it goes to the trailer, goes to the trailer, and you're like, oh man, he has Luke Saber, he's gonna be a Jedi, and And they did that to be like, we got to get the minority market in. Did. A lot of black people because they saw, oh man, it's a face. It's Star Wars. You know, we love Star Wars and we've always kind of been in the background. You see this character and you're ready for it. It's like, man, I'm going to go. I love Star Wars first. Day one, day one. And you see it and you're like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And it's like, oh, that's how you're going to. And then you see the rest of the trilogy and you're just like, all right, Disney, f you, <laughs> and, and, and that's how the and that's how they do. They will bait us to get to spin our on these mediums, and then they and I will never Disney. If you ever hear this, I'm sorry, guys. I will never forgive you, ever. <laughs>
2: well, also uh,
4: I also want
0: to touch on Black Panther because, you know, Dwayne McDuffie, one of his inspirations to get in all into all this was Black Panther, so. I'm kind of bummed he didn't get to you know live long enough to see the Black Panther movie but one of the things that he loved to see was not just having like a black main character but having a you know having the characters around them also being representative of him having yeah you know it specifically in his words it was like oh I get to see that the world has black custodians or there's you know, black taxi drivers, or there's you know, whatever, you know, black people just don't have to be like those stereotypical ones you mentioned earlier, or, yeah, you know, just the main character that there could be a world filled with all of these black people, too. And so yeah. Black Panther did that very same thing. So I'm curious, when you saw Black Panther, what was it like not just to see a main character who You could connect with but also having a world where it was like yes these this is what you know media needs to have more of
1: yeah oh man oh it when that movie first was announced you know it was already like oh my god i love the character okay this has finally happened and been since wesley snipes back in the 90s but then it was like
4: it's it's a feeling
1: when you go to the movie theater and when you normally go, you see a whole different bunch of people, but especially with superhero movies, you mostly see white faces, you know, Mm -hmm. like skin. But when that movie came out, it was like an influx of black people of all shades and colors in this movie, going to the movie theater, showing support, you know. You know, black people in like dashiki, just kind of like a, a garb and stuff. And it was
4: just like words cannot describe
1: just the camaraderie, the love, the port to see community come out and be like, there's someone on the screen that looks like us, but not even just look like us. It they made Africa and the the culture that you know we have, and they made it seem so vibrant and so alive. Where you typically see you like Africa or support poor nation and this and this and that. And it's like, no, that's not it. You know? Yes. It, it, mm-hmm. you know, it has its parts and it's good and it's bad, but there's so much more than what is the normal get immediately. So to see that and just Afrofuturism, which is a big thing I love in sci-fi because sci-fi takes things from it, but You don't really get to see it on screen much or just in comics so to see that come alive and it was just awe-inspiring just breathtaking and it it felt good to finally get an a movie with an all-black cast in a special comic setting even though it was like all right you know you kind of had martin freeman and you know uh uh what's andy circus so you know it wasn't you know black black just all, around, all the way around but just the main characters and mostly just supporting characters and you, you know in that setting and then you had Killmonger who was like man damn he, he
3: could play a live action in Vegeta
1: yeah that changed yeah. like, okay and that's what they like oh that was inspiration for Saiyan armor and I was like say no more fam say no more <laughs> But more just, like saying no more ah snaps I see what you did there but um, just even with his character and his motivations, it was like he wasn't wrong. How he went about his actions, you know, moral compassly wise, was not the way. And I I loved how they humanized him, even though he people and you know not about that life. But you know, it made even T'Challa himself question his morals and the, the way his people acted and how they went about stuff because it, you know, come on. like, man, you had all this technology and you could have came and you could have saved us and did better, but you chose not to, you chose to be and keep yourself in your little bubble. And you can see where that pain and that hurt comes from because even, you know, being black in the community, you know, from, you know, I'm sorry to go deep on this podcast and whatever, whatnot, but even with, uh, back in the day with slavery, there was that, you know, the slave masters, you know, they divided you know, even by skin tone. So they kind of give us like this crab in a barrel mentality. Like if I got mine, it's from, you know, I, I, I you know, I got mine, so you better get your own and you kind of do for your own self. And I I love how a lot of those elements played into the movie and the, the storyline of, of the characters and it's what kind of drove Killmonger to do what he did because he wanted better for, you know, his the black people that had to deal with, you know, slavery and so many other atrocities that they felt throughout the world but here in the United States and just even his in monologue was he was just like Bury me in the sea with my ancestors. He's like, I'd rather die, knowing that I fought for a cause, to want to do right by my people, than be locked away as as a prisoner like they were. You know, the one who made it here. Like, yeah, I can live, but like, nah. And that was a powerful line, and that hit because it's like, I can understand how he feels and where he's coming from, especially seeing so much death and hurt and pain. So. That movie, it really was a social commentary. It really hit home. I'm sorry to, to drag on, but yeah, man, it's just you it, it kind of, you know, with these things uh, in this topic, you can't not talk about this. There's a lot of good, but there's a lot of hurt. I know doing stuff, the people with milestone they had to deal with a lot of racism,
4: uh, uh, a lot of pain, and hurt. a lot of. The- Like to be big in the media,
1: or to try to get them off the ground, even as black, you know, comic. So there's a lot I can you can see where a lot of these things and inspirations that other people have taken from Dwayne and added into their work, and you can see that when you know I guess we'll talk about later, but like Static Shock and some episodes and Justice League Unlimited and X Y Z, you know, so.
3: If you know, if you guys know what I'm saying, uh, back when Black Panther first came out, uh, this is back when I was still doing a recording with uh, Phantom Zone. We we wanted to do a, or the guys wanted to do a Black Panther review, and they were they tried reaching out to Emmett, he wasn't available, and and they're like, do you do you guys
4: know anybody? And I was like, I I know someone. Contacted Javon, had him on, and
3: uh, one of the people who was on, who wasn't, who w- wasn't on the record in the recording, was like, "This guy knows it. This guy, this guy's really good." This and okay, I'm sorry, uh, Josh. I'll I'll send you a link to for that episode.
2: Just so okay. Can,
3: as much as I mean, as much as me and them have had fa- me and the guys over there have had a falling out. I still don't want to support them.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, like this is a, 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 I mean, it's a topic near and dear to me. Just you know, talking about these because this is my life, twenty four seven. This is what I, you know, on a daily basis, just being a nerd or just consuming this type of media is where I, you, you, you kind of had to fight for to see yourself in. Where once again, I, I hate to say it, but you know, you guys being white guys, it's just like dime a dozen, just. There it is. You can pick up on out of a lineup, or for me, yeah. it's just like, all right, there's that character. But do they get shine like Duke? You know, in DC Comics, I love Duke, and I love, you know, how he came about to where he is now a signal. But you know, you 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 get those rare characters, but you look at the time frame in which you get those characters. It's not as often as a. Oh, hey, look, we just made another white
0: character. All right, cool. Yeah, I mean, Black Panther was like the complete inverse of everything else out there. Like, instead of a predominantly white cast, it was all black. And the you know, in those white films, it's like a sprinkling of a black person or a Latino or whatever. And in Black Panther, it was a sprinkling of a white person here, a sprinkling of a white person there. So it's like this is exactly what black people have seen for so long, and. I am so happy, so happy to have seen like the black, you know, black Twitter and everything just blow up when Black Panther came out. I was so happy for everybody to finally yeah. have a movie like Black Panther out there for him. Yeah, it, it felt like a, a, a giant party. And I could say uh, another
1: uh, character who, I mean, he's technically a Marvel character because Marvel did a comic about him. But he's, unless you, I guess, grew up in around the 90s or like, Black, or something you really don't know of him. I know Alan does, but even if you go back and watch a movie, uh, was written and directed by Robert Townsend called The Meteor Man.
2: Oh, yeah, I love that movie.
1: (laughs) The movie has Don Cheadle in it, it has Luther Bandros, it has Cypress Hill, not you know, Naughty by Nature, just like just a whole bunch of different, but you know, Meteor Man for people who don't know, was an average, you know, regular black guy, kind of down in his look, whatever, whatnot. And he gets hit by a giant green meteor. And the meteor gives him, you know, certain powers where he he can read a book or any book he touches or something he gets the knowledge for like thirty seconds or sixty seconds. It's it's one of the uh but you know it was like oh man and a black superhero in a black superhero movie with a pretty much predominantly black cast it was like this is you don't see this type of stuff so you know growing up in the movie is kind of cheesy but i mean it so was the 90s but it's a good film it has heart to it so definitely uh whoever's
0: listening to this go go check out that movie yeah it's been so long since i've seen meteor man i didn't go back and rewatch that
3: so oh, yeah. I'm going to bring up a character who
4: technically was created a long, long time ago, but only because she's Dwayne McDuffie
3: made her prominent in the Justice League series. And because, and I'm not, I'm not going to talk about that iteration of the character. And said character is Amanda Waller, oh. but Viola Davis, uh, the way she portrayed that character in Suicide Squad. Probably her and Will Smith were the best
1: things about the movie. Absolutely. I I, I would definitely have to agree. Especially, you know, real quick, Amanda Waller. Viola Davis already has that BDE because I don't know if you guys curse her on your your podcast, so I'm just going to say that. But (laughs) she was honestly the perfect choice for Amanda Waller to have like that that's that swinging like I I am that head be in charge. You were listen to what I say, and you're just like, man, I don't want to cross her. <laughs> yeah, and 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 that's who Amanda Waller is. Is mm-hmm. she is what Batman is to the Justice League? Like, has no powers, but will f- you up, and you know, and she's the only one who. I really could say out of humans that I think Bat- Batman gets chills from her just slightly a bit. He respects her. He knows. He's like,
0: yeah. I'm, she doesn't can... back down. <laughs> and not yeah. many people will say that to Batman. <laughs> I, mean,
1: she, I mean, she doesn't even back down to Superman or anyone else. So, And they could crush her. And they still like, you know what? Yeah. <laughs>
3: I'm trying to remember trying to think of who who it is that voices her in the animated series. Oh,
1: she's a famous black actress, but I forgot her.
3: I wanna say Pam Greer, but I know that's not it.
1: Oh Ooh. <laughs> it could be. But yeah, I just that character, like
2: and in, in this in
1: once sorry to I know we're I'm trying not to stay off topic, but that's a, a like a black woman who just has the chutzpah, as you would say, Alan, yes? Can I say that? Chutzpah. Chutzpah. (laughs) Like, just the the mitigated gall. And just so strong and powerful. And she isn't done in a way that's demeaning to her, you know, being a woman, or demeaning to her, like, making her seem like, oh, she's a... Excuse me, word, she's a bitch, or oh, she's just like, this person is like... She's... Not good, but she's not bad. She's doing things for a reason. Also, she hits a gray line because, you know, military and all that. But she's a woman with drive. She's a woman with conviction. She's going to get the job by any necessary. Sometimes it's not a good necessary and it harms other people, but she's like, I'm going to do it. And you don't feel like... She- you don't feel like oh you you hate this person but you don't hate them. you're just kind of like you're not the the person who's i'm on the team that i should be rooting for but you're a person who i just respect whole, whole.
3: yeah so i looked it up and it was actually cch pounder who's equally oh. as intimidating
1: yes it's it's and just the voice and just the commanding presence and you're just like when Amanda Waller comes on screen, you already know what time it is. <laughs> you just know, so you're like, okay. I mean, how, how can a, a woman who who controls super villains, even though you know explosive collar, but still, they re- super villains respect her. The Joker respects her. That says a lot.
0: I think that's what like makes me enjoy seeing her as a black character too. You know, it's already hard to find black characters in general. I think it's, and I, I feel, I, I feel bad saying it cause I could totally be wrong, but black females I think is kind of harder to come by and to yeah. find a black female who literally everybody, no matter how powerful you are, no matter if you're good, if you're bad, Amanda Waller is probably the most fearsome character in the DC universe. Yeah, I absolutely love the fact that she's a black, strong woman to go along with it. And to have a character, you know, to have someone like her, you need to have a commanding person to pull it off. And Viola Davis is the perfect choice to do that. Yeah. And man, it was I, so I, so great.
3: I don't think they uh who's the actress in uh, black panther who plays the child's mo- mother
1: oh that's angela bassett
3: yeah she mm. I, I wouldn't say she or I, I shouldn't be saying that i shouldn't be saying it i shouldn't be any place to say how how she was as Mander waller in green lantern
1: i think she had that presence like it was there but, because Angela Bassett's just an amazing actor. Yeah. But I, I just think that movie was just not so good. But even her as Amanda Waller, like, you you saw her presence and you felt that. For the time that she was on screen. Like, she had that commanding presence. It's just, the movie wasn't good. But I would say she was probably, like, the best part of that movie.
3: Yeah, also, I could I, could, I think I'm pretty sure that Viola Davis just... Took over every any anything she had, she had any like any momentum she had going. Oh, in yeah,
0: oh, yeah, for sure. By leaps and in- well, since we've kind of touched on it, I think we should probably actually get into some of the <laughs> stuff, yeah, like, yeah, more, more headstrong in a way. Um, uh, but since we've kind of already touched on like Justice League Unlimited, I guess we could kind of start, start there with some of the stuff. Um, You know, one of the things that I always appreciate with Justice League Unlimited was the relationship between Jon Stewart and Hot Girl. Not just because, like, it was such a well-done relationship, but having the, you know, interracial relationship, too, I think was both incredibly, um, what's a good word to put it? Uh, It's not something you see a lot, period. It's it's much less in animation. (laughs) yeah and and
1: i definitely agree with that and even when you do see it it's kind of done cheesily mm. and i think uh, and like you said i agreed that relationship and just that dynamic was perfect but i i hate how it was done because this is another example is warf and dax for it's like oh man, it's an interracial couple in a, you know, kind of nerd sci-fi setting and then it's just like, everything's good and then they just completely just wipe the floor with that and you're like, why? (laughs) Why would you do this? Why would you break my heart? You know, why, like, I don't... I mean, you know,
4: you saw the documentary. Yeah. It's just like... Ellen, it hurts, though. It hurts.
1: (laughs) Just, ugh. Let me. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get into it. So go on.
0: get all emotional. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think like Justice League Unlimited is kind of one of the pinnacles of Dwayne's animation career. Um, I mean, Ben 10 and a lot of that too. D- yeah. I mean, yeah, I, like, I, I yeah. Justice League Unlimited is one of those things I wish I had gotten to watch more of growing up. Yeah. But. I didn't come on to it until much later. (laughs)
1: Oh man, that that was just the pinnacle of the early to mid two. Just it just came out and it was, you know, it was a continuation of the Batman Superman adventures and you know the Batman anime series and stuff like that. So it was like, okay, okay, cool. So they're they're still kind of keeping that with this, you know, whole timeline issue, and just the stories that Dwayne did with that just made you. Field. There's so many episodes that just, man, watching it as a you know growing up, it just broke me. It's Just like, oh God, it's just like, why, Dwayne, why, why are you, <laughs> why are you doing my heart and soul like this? It's, and just like in like one of the episodes, you know, I me and Alan talk about it every so often. It's the Static Shock episode with uh, Ricky uh, Richie and his dad, and the part the episode when he got shot. It's just like, oh, why,
4: God.
0: Oh, was that man, the one? Was it Jimmy? Is that the episode name? Uh, yeah. Is it the one where he's trying yeah. to stop the bully? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because, you know, as we were doing the episodes, like back in November or whatever, I was talking about how I needed to watch Static. And of course, I had no way to watch it. I tried looking it up on YouTube and all that and couldn't find anything. So I figured the one thing I would do is to find the episode that they won the Humanitas Award or whatever, which was yeah. that Jimmy episode. So I went back and I watched probably about 15 minutes worth of just, like, pieces of that episode. And I can see why that episode won that award, because it's so well done. You know, obviously they can't go... Oops, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, obviously they can't go too far with it being, you know, a kid's animated show and all that. But for the topics they were doing and how they pulled it off, it was done in a way that... I'm actually very surprised at how well done it is. And it, it feels real in a way that a lot of stuff like, you know, that shows that try and tackle that sort of topic can get a little like too handholdy at the end. Like, Oh, the bully and the bullied makeup at the end and they become friends and all this. And it's like, no, like, the dude who went went there to kill the bully is now in juvie and seeking medical attention, and you know, like, you know, mental help. And the other guy got suspended, and you know, there isn't really a happy ending there. And
1: and it's funny because we're talking about it, and and I'm thinking about the parallels, and I'm like, yo, Degrassi kind of stole that episode from Dwayne McDuffie. <laughs> like, hold on, this sounds oddly familiar. <laughs> But, um, you know, going back to what you said, and it's so true, and that's what I love about, you know, things that he did. He was not afraid to go. Even for an animated series, he was not afraid to go there, and I respect him for that, especially when you're dealing with minority characters, because you get a lot of hand-holding, and you get a lot of, oh, here's a happy ending, or it, they kind of half-assed it. And I think that episode... Especially, you know, what you know, being younger in school, and like that and watching static, and you know, not saying bullying was bullying was prevalent in school, but you know, it's prevalent everywhere. Then you had stuff like Columbine and, and things like that happen, mm-hmm. and you don't really get to see an inner city perspective on it. when it's kind of all oh, they're they're and stuff like that. So static humanized it, and it really. You know, brought it home, and it it made you feel for these characters, and it made you feel like you were in that situation, and it was, like I said, when Dwayne touched something, you felt that emotional. It hit. It made you sit there and and just come to yourself and be like, oh man, and I think that's where he really, you know. These episodes in these series have a lasting impression, of people when you know young and old, because it puts you in a situation and you don't get
0: that. Old. So, as someone who hasn't like really got to watch a whole bunch of the stack stuff, is that kind of how the whole series went? It was very, yeah.
1: oh uh, have you have you watched Black Lightning TV? I have not, no, okay, so.
0: I don't get much uh, time to watch TV in general. Nowadays. Gotcha. Uh, I
1: I would say a lot of I mean because it dealt with you know black youth in the inner city. So yeah, a lot of that because it was a setting. If you know, like know the the whole background of static. So yeah, it, it dealt with a lot of those issues. It didn't always, you know, it still kept it light hearted a, a a lot of the times, and it didn't always push it down your face. But he made it known and made it clear that yo um this is you know still in the inner city yes, there's gangs and you know there's drugs prevalent and here and there and there's violence, but it's not over the top and it doesn't make everyone look like the bad guy and it doesn't uh, make people caricatures yeah you know you got gang you know bangers and stuff like that and static being a young black teen who's dealing with you know he doesn't he lost his mom so it's just his dad and his sister. he's navigating having powers you know, fighting to make his inner city where he lives better and he's just like, he's a teen growing up, so there's hormones, he's dealing with bullies, and then there's drugs in the school and different things like that, so it's think of like the the movie with Michelle Pfeiffer, Hireler a little toned down, and with Superhero and just
0: like, boom, a static shot Yeah, only having read like a few of the issues that have been put on DC Universe Infinite um, and having a little bit more exposure with Miles Morales. Stack seems kind of like the precursor to what Miles would eventually become, yeah, I would I would do you think he'll have the same success when his movie comes out? yes. I mean, just look at the um, the how
1: everybody is loving the new character redesigns for the comics that's coming out. Just look at even him being in young justice. I mean, he wasn't the static knew or want you know like really really wanted it but everybody was like static and they loved them and I wish they would do more with him but I, I think he has more of a following black white and just everyone everyone loves static everyone you know you like s- static shock and you you hear people say superhero static shock. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Uh-huh. You, you know what I mean <laughs> or gotta be gotta be a superhero you know static shock P- everyone loves static i think and people have been waiting for a, a static movie for a long time. I th- it just needs to be done right. In DC right now, I, you know. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, I mean you, okay, oh, go ahead. So
3: I don't know if you guys ever saw it, but there's actually
4: uh sex shock and Justice League crossover episodes. Yes. It's, it's like the those there were th- a total of three episodes. Two, a uh,
3: two-parter, and then like a, a regular one, like a year later.
1: Yeah, one, one. I know he just did something with Batman, and then the other one he went into the future to bat with Batman, and he asked Batman if he's B- Beyonce, which was as hell. <laughs> um, uh, no, no, no. I'm,
3: I'm, I'm, I'm talking, I'm talking about actual like Static Shock episodes where now we're. Where him and him and Gear go to yeah, the Watchtower.
1: They had to fight the whole Justice League because over by Brainy. Correct
2: that one.
4: Yeah. And yeah, definitely. The second part of the episode was actually was written by
1: Dwayne. I, I I those are great episodes, but I I, I definitely is it Michael B. Jordan doing a Static movie? We're said to be He's, producing it
0: he's That's producing a thing that it. in mind
1: yeah I if 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 it gets taken care of how uh uh Black Panther was done or even the first season of black lightning I will say that movie is gonna be great it just has to be take it please just do it right I, I just don't don't try to make it too out there or too edgy just take inspiration from some Dwayne stories and just write a nice script. There we go. I think everyone will, everyone's waiting for a static movie, so it'll do well.
0: So are there any, like, particular episodes that you all kind of love, whether in Static Shock or, you know, Justice League Unlimited, Ben 10, anything like that, that really stand oh, out to you? I'll let you guys go first, because I've been
1: talking for a lot, so I want to hear your <laughs>
0: perspective. Like, What are your standout, you know, static or anything that Dwayne Alan, you're more of the like animation side of this than I am, since I never really got to uh, fully enjoy all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Basically, with Justice League Unlimited, I always enjoyed how he gave everybody time to shine. It wasn't just a focus on the main, you know, seven. It was oh, this episode is gonna have Supergirl, or this episode is gonna have Shining Knight. It was. I always liked the revolving door of superheroes, and yeah, I I, th- I, I love that. Whole concept of changing it up and making it interesting every episode.
4: Uh, an episode, I, I mean, obviously, there's a reason I like it. It's because it, it's uh, the the two parter of season two of Just League called uh, "The Terror Beyond." You
3: gotta. Refer-
2: I'm
3: about to look this up. up here, so Dr. Fate and Aquaman. This is back when, after Aquaman uh cut his hand
4: off, or cut his hand off. And uh, Dr. Fate and Aquaman they borrow Solomon Grundy, and it it was. And the reason, like, what when watching the episode.
3: I didn't realize this, but it was, it was actually the reason
4: it was those those three heroes is, is like it was a an homage to the Defenders, huh? Like not not the not the
3: current not the modern version, but like the original original
4: Defenders.
0: Like I'm guessing it was the one that he like grew up with.
2: Yeah,
4: Because I remember right, that was the
0: I think it was Defenders 10 which was the issue that he got in trouble with his mom about lying to her and going all the way <laughs> to find the Thor versus Hulk ep- issue or whatever. Um, Did,
1: uh, Alan, did Dwayne do the uh, Justice League limited episode with uh, Batman and Ace?
2: Um...
3: That was the finale, that was actually the epilogue to Batman Beyond, so I'm pretty sure that was Paul Dini.
4: Okay. Oh, i trying to think, like, this.
1: there's so many, but uh, I'm like, hmm.
0: I mean, I did yeah. like the, this, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was gonna say, it gets a little tricky, like, figuring out which episode's which without having everything kind of in front of us to to go off of it and everything kind of blends in so well together and
1: oh i i I will say one of my um my he did epilogue i love that one that was a great episode of uh justice league uh but i will i mean that's one everyone knows but as in uh i'll go with static and my favorite episode it was static goes to africa do you remember
4: that one, Alan? Uh, no, I, I I
3: really wish I do because.
1: Uh, it's the episode where him and his family went to Africa for a vacation and he met uh, the superhero Anansi. Yes. Yes, I remember that episode. Yes, it's such a beautiful episode because it's like all right, you know, Virgil left Detroit and he goes to Africa to go visit the motherland, to go on a culture, you know, experience with his dad and his sister and just learn about heritage. And then he meets up with the the superhero Ananti, that's an African hero, and he helps him out. And it was pretty much static was just kind of like, I don't know if I'll ever be good enough to, you know, to be a hero, to be like Green Lantern, you know, Jon Stewart, because I think he met him an episode before. And Anansi just pretty much reassured him. He's like, You're better than you know, John. And not in a sense, you know, he's like, you know, you're stronger because you're younger and you're learning, but also because you have a whole you're 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 putting the weight of the world on your shoulder in your community. He's like, that's admirable because he's like, you don't have to be like any other person, just be you. You know, there's only one static, and you can do so much. But you, the little drops, you know, like water droplets in the pond, those ripples. You don't always see like the end and the fruit of your labor, but it's there. And it was just like you know, such a a, a, a feeling that another superhero, you know, black one, it can tell him, dude, you you're doing good coming along and just to give him that validation and that reassurance it was very very touching and he also did uh, the once and future thing part one and part two so I'll just leave so I have
3: just something I I think Josh will be happy about because of uh, I think the first part of covering Dwayne Uh, Far From Home Dwayne wrote was it, he who's credited for the story of that, of that episode, which is the episode where that takes place in the in the 31st century with the Legion,
2: yeah.
3: where he got to use Bouncing Boy, <laughs> his favorite. <laughs> and honestly, uh, it's the third season of Justice League Unlimited it is I uh, it's uh, it's just milestone straight up because it's either. Dwayne McDuffie writing episodes, or Matt Wayne writing episodes, and the only time, and the only like people, only all like other people, like is J.M. DiMatteo for one for one episode, or for a couple episodes, uh, Paul Dini, Jeff Johns.
1: Yeah, he did. A, he did a lot, man. Honestly. Without Dwayne, I don't think the DC animated universe would be where it is now. Just, he just... he. Well,
3: it is, where, it is where it is now because he's not there to guide the ship anymore.
1: Yeah. Well, like, don't get me wrong. Bruce Timm did a great job with Batman, the animated series and stuff like that. But just everything Dwayne touched for DC animated-wise just completely just... Let's be honest. It demolishes that. It just, it really, really just the like you said. He did a revolving door around characters where it wasn't just Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, and Aquaman. It was just you know you had Satana, you had uh, Constantine. Was was he? Uh, you know? No,
3: no, not he. He was he was technically still Vertigo Vertigo character yeah. at that point.
1: But, you know, even when he did with the villains, like the episode with uh, Shiera and Grundy. Oh, God.
3: Oh, yeah. That, that episode still <gasps> hurts. It still hurts to even think about that episode.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> you see, I, like I say, just talking about it is. I don't have to finish going into the description about it. And, you, you know, if you've seen that episode, you're just like, <sighs> it's been a long time. And that still hurts. And just.
3: And, and listener listeners. You can experience episodes, those episodes on HBO Max. HBO Max, fifteen dollars a month. Tell them we sent you.
0: Yes, but just <laughs> now sponsored.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hopefully, but you know, I'm, I, I don't want to give it away if people have seen. But just when Shia was just telling him, told Grunny, he can rest now. It
4: was
2: just like, oh god,
3: <laughs> it's a uh, it's a meme of. The the kid with the, the emo kid with the headphones on.
1: Yeah. It's just like, can I stop crying? Why am I crying? As they say, I'm crying in the club right now. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm really crying because it's once again just the episode with Batman and Ace and, you know, Ace is dying and she's pretty much what WandaVision is right now. What's going on is pretty much what happened in the episode. And. She you know, Amanda Wallace sends Bruce in there to pretty much shoot this child because she's dying and having a psychosis breakdown and she can reality, you know, bend reality and if she doesn't, the whole world can just go kaput. And, you know, Ace knows Bruce is good there to kill her and Bruce just puts the guns down. He's just like, No, I'm just gonna sit with you until the end and I'm just gonna talk. And, you know, she was telling Bruce about her life and everything that happened. And Bruce told her about his life and him losing his parents and stuff like that. And, you know, they built a bond and a relationship. And at the end, you know, she dies. And people, you know, they think that Bruce killed her. And they're like, Nah, he didn't. Just the sadness on Bruce. Just oh. Mm. <laughs> These, sorry. Go on, guys, before I get emotional. <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> but it's just that's how good Dwayne McTiernan duffy was you didn't have, you you weren't getting animated series in you know and you know cartoons and even anime at the time that made you feel like that it made a it, it like Prince says, this is how it sounds like when doves cry i was crying i, I i'm not gonna lie I, and even now going back into it I, you know thinking about that episode i'm like man i want to cry but I'm like, i can't it's the podcast i can't do that right Feelings.
0: yeah, I'm just I'm feeling. sitting here going through like the like the Justice League unlimited episodes and everything. And it looks like starting at the tail end of the first season, Dwayne was a big part of almost every single episode after yeah. that. I, I mean, they had no choice when the man was bringing out bangers like that. <laughs> yeah, I, so yesterday, Warner Brothers put out the, um I think it's called a League of one. Uh, which is like the Dwayne McDuffie documentary they did right after he died. Um, It's apparently on the static shock season one. I think it was also originally with the justice league doom when that first came out. And there is a part in there where they're talking about when Dwayne first came on to do like episodes. I can't remember if it was static shock or justice league that he first jumped on to do, but he, came on board and the person who was supposed to be kind of like his mentor to help him get started and everything. Dwayne was like, this is my first time doing this. I've never done this before. And the guy was like, Oh God, like I have to start from scratch with this guy only to find out like Dwayne popped out. It was static because they said that his, his, Episode one, like basically shaped the rest of the entire season with how yeah. great it was. And he told, you know, Dwayne told him it took him like four or five days to get the entire script written. And then after he died, Charlotte, his wife basically came out and said like, no, he did that in a day. <laughs> like, and I guess I just surprised all of them. Cause what takes them like forever to do like four pages or whatever he could do like the entire script. Like, I guess everything just felt so natural to him. And I think it's pretty clear in just how well done all of his episodes are, all of his comics are. Like, he loves it. He loves doing this. He's so good at it. He gets characters pitch perfect. It's masterclass. And, and, He's-
1: <laughs> yeah, he put, he put his heart and his soul into it. And, you know, you can see where he even put his life into, you know, character. And, that's why in you know where there are stronger writers, black but when it comes to telling black stories or you know just any other minority stories no one can tell them like the people that live and I think that's where the magic especially for Dwayne came from because he not saying you know he had to live that life but you know he's a black man living in America he knows the hardships of what it is, and what you have to go through being that type of person. Excuse me. And uh, and that's where it shines, and that's where we like say we need a lot of, we need more minority people writing minority characters because there's like I don't know what it is to be white, so I can't tell a white story. You know, to a degree, or you know, you know how it goes. But I can tell you about my life as being a black guy, like I'm doing on this podcast. And people are like, oh, would you write a character or could you give some input or some insight? And I'm like, yeah, I can give, you know, X, Y, Z, da, 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 da. And, and, and that's where, you know, you get a lot. You know, even with a, you see, like, the writers were doing for Black Panther and stuff like that. It's the Black experience you ignore from living it. So I think that's why, you know, and he was just, he was just magic in general. He could just write and just, like I said, he made you feel.
4: So, like, there's, uh, I like
3: like Josh. I was also uh, reading through certain milestone-related uh, comics on DC Universe Infinite, mm-hmm. and
4: the uh, the I think it was the second issue of Static, where he shows up, and I'm blanking on the name. Uh,
3: uh, real it's it's the antagonist of the series name.
0: Oh, um, I always want to say hot streak, but I don't think that. <laughs> that <that's it. laughs> oh,
4: been been something. Yeah. The the
3: part where he goes to like he shows up all confident and
4: suave to uh, rescue uh, Frida.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: On the playground. Yeah, and then he. And then he he's like he has a moment where he just freaks out and does like just almost goes has like a panic attack it is something that I I was reading it and I was like Is this really happening? <laughs>
0: Hot not streak. Not, Martin yeah. Biz Money B Scaponi
4: <laughs> Biz Money,
3: yeah, yeah, Biz Money.
2: <laughs>
3: um, like they, I always thought that when when I was
4: when I watched the uh, show, that oh this the show goes places, and then that that issue. And like when Frida
3: is trying to like get him just to, to calm down and and
4: like tell him like you have powers, you can beat him. He's like, no, I can't, I, I I can't do it. And so like it's not just a black character who's scared. It's
3: or it's not a black character who's scared. Or it's a black character who's been bullied. Has trauma re- resulting
4: result from said bullying and even though that he's been given a gift it's like the more things change the more they stay the same
3: and going back to and just to go back to the episode where
4: we mentioned uh, the milestone episode that we did
2: mm-hmm.
4: Where I totally got my facts r-
3: confused, which is typical of me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the whole thing, and where you mentioned that uh,
4: the bombing in Philadelphia. Oh yeah. Because of, it was a like a black movement, literally called Move. And they dropped bombs on the building, and
3: I think ten or eleven people were killed, and and some of them were and like, and almost half of them were, were were children. And like I was watching, uh, this YouTube, uh, there's a YouTube channel I watch called Comic Pop, and they do there's a certain show they do, or there's a show they do called Back Issues. Well, they'll where like over the course of, like an hour. Maybe more, maybe less. They'll talk about a certain Traverbreck, and I had to mention to my my sisters that uh, Static's powers, like his origin, has been messed with, sort of, sort of,
4: because of like his original origin with the Big Bang, and then like the New Fifty
3: Two stuff. And then again, with milestone returns uh, issue zero.
4: Did they change it from the big uh, <clears throat> from the big bang in the new, the milestone returns? Yeah, he well, they they they, they sort of made him they
3: they did they sort of toned it. I think they toned it down if
4: for correctly. but like I haven't he, read the. Uh, can you guys talk and I'll just quickly
3: take a glance at it.
2: Yeah. 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 Sure.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things I always appreciate like going through and reading some of his comic stuff is that he always found a way to kind of link with what it's like being a black person in a, you know, heavily dominated and controlled white society yeah, and one of those things is kind of noted in his first issue of Hardware, and he basically relates it to a pet parakeet. And so I just kind of want to read through some of the like uh, kind of monologuing that's kind of going on here. Um, it's basically the panels are just showing this black kid letting out his pet parakeet, and the parakeet flies off trying to fly out the window and into freedom. And so the whole thing says. When I was a kid, I used to have this parakeet, and sometimes when I'd open up his cage to clean it, he'd escape. This little bird would see the backyard and make his move. Invariably, he'd head straight for the window, fast as he could, and inevitably crack his head on the window pane, A barrier of glass, unseen and incomprehensible to him. So he'd try again, over and over, until spent and defeated, he couldn't try any longer. My bird made a common error. He mistook being out of his cage for being free. And it's like, damn, <laughs> like, yeah, like such an easy metaphor to understand, yeah, for something that I will never truly understand.
1: He he kept it light, and but it still was very impactful. And it is, it's just like that. It's like, oh, you think you're free? Nah. <laughs> it's like, it's like there's always. An invisible wall or an invisible force that's pretty much stopping achieving more, and I and I'm pretty sure he wrote that because that's how he felt, you know, with uh, his other compatriots making milestone comics and just, mm-hmm. you know, hey, look, you're in a white dominated, you know, society and world, and especially in comics, and here you are, a few black guys coming together, and you're you're trying to make characters and trying to do something where. The big boys at Marvel and DC are all up in your face, and (laughs) it's like, how do you step into that? You know that that ring in that arena, especially when you're making black characters to 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 think about to being them, making my own, and to try to make you're doing black characters and smart and powerful characters. And you're trying to get these comics out there, and then, especially when you're the subsidiary of DC, like man, that that pressure, that that pressure, and just even doing, you know, you writing stuff, and then you take it to the big wigs and they're like, nah. Because I remember um thinking about when he did that cover of Static of Static um mm-hmm. where where Static and his girlfriend just sitting on the couch and they're kind of making out or whatever, and the big wigs were like, oh, that's too sexual. You, you got to do something else. You can't have that. <laughs> it was just like, dude, it's a black teen. I mean, in, in the comic, I think Kim and his girlfriend, they had sex like that, but it was like, the, the mm. cover was just like, two black teens making out. Yep. And they're like, nope, we can't have that. But then you see, you know, Uh, Jean Jean Grey and Scott Summers making out and sexually and grabbing, you know, he's grabbing all up on her and just like different stuff like that you know, with white characters and it's, oh, that gets passed all the time but black love? Nah, we can't have none of that we can't show black people in a positive light and I just, and just reading that interview and I was just like, man, I know he was pissed off he was like (laughs) you (laughs) MFers how dare you and so it's just like here that that you know, the the whole parakeet metaphor is just like, man, he he's not wrong. He's not wrong at all.
3: Okay, so I just brought up the uh, my returns. They actually made it even. They kind of it kind of they made it. I'm not saying they made it better. Like the origin, I just quickly sped through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Virgil. And his sister are attending, or thinking think his sister, or no, Virgil and a girl he likes, are attending a Black Lives Matter
4: protest or a rally. And he, oh, a bully shows up and
3: initiates a fight. The police are called. And they throw
4: in the tear gas. So I'm taking the tear gas is what got him his powers? Yeah, and the last thing that he says, or the last thing with static, says,
3: uh, he he mentions, at least now things are a lot more even, you know, like fighting the fighting between everyone, or fighting between him and his, uh, bullies. Like, yeah, they're they're they are vicious, but I'm I'm smarter. I understand my
4: powers more than they know anything kind of weird with the whole tear gas why, why tear gas well the tear gas from the comic pop comic pop uh, the way the guy described it was so like the tear gas tear gas was placed with uh, some
3: radiation
2: uh,
3: so, so they could be tracked
2: oh uh...
0: So yeah, I'm kind of like a... change it up too much from the original story. There's a little yeah. bit of difference there, but for the most part, it's pretty, pretty similar.
4: Yeah. All right. Not not too bad. I mean, it kind of throws
3: me off, but I'm like, I can see it. I, I can. I can dig it. I can. Like and the, like the the milestone returns Javon, It opens it begins with uh, a Rocket and a, and some friends driving up to it. What they think is a it's just like haunted, a haunted house. Yeah, and she, she she goes in to steal something, like a uh, I forget I'm forgetting what it was. But she runs into Icon.
1: I was just about to ask, where's Icon? Where's Icon?
3: <laughs> and he goes from his he goes from like black to
4: his real dis- his real uh, appearance. Yeah. And the so- Go ahead.
1: No, I was just gonna. I was just thinking. I was just. <coughs> excuse me. I was wondering if they were still gonna have like Black Lightning be like a mentor to Static, like how he was before. I don't. I. I. I'm not sure if the, if they're gonna do that.
0: They're trying to keep it like on a separate world, right? So it's not.
3: Yeah.
4: Uh, Earth M.
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: Okay. Okay. So miles So Earth milestone.
4: Pretty much. Yeah. All right.
1: Uh, so I mean, I mean, I, I guess they'll eventually cross them over, but aren't all? But see, here's my question: Didn't with the whole uh the metal series, didn't they all the the Earths are in the same kind of multiverse, right?
3: Well, the the way they described it, or was like everything that there's the canon between everything is
4: now looser than ever. So. There could be a uh, there could be a a feature interaction between yeah. the Earthm people, like the the Dakotaverse and
3: the mainline DC universe.
2: Yeah.
3: And uh, Javon, if you, oh, when we're done with recording, I sent I put in the uh, link to the DC so Earthm also returns. Nice. I highly recommend you read it because it'll just get you like really hyped for uh, April. Yeah.
1: Oh, for sure. And, and and even, you know, in the sense of I'm glad they're not linking uh Earth M to the regular DC because I do want Milestone to thrive on its own because they de- those characters deserve that. Uh, you know, if, a lot of those characters don't get enough shines, but I do eventually want a, a nice crossover uh, to happen. Because I think, man, just think about it. Just a, a whole all these black heroes coming together and just uh, kicking some ass. Fuck yeah. I'm excuse me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry.
0: I'm excited if you can't tell. <laughs> there, we can put explicit tags. It's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Please do. Like I said, these characters just mean a lot, and to finally see them come back, you know, like I, I, you know, read Milestone back in the early 90s, you know, not a lot of the comics that had some, but still, it's just like, oh, yeah, like, I, 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 we talked about it, you know, when they announced Miles, the return of Milestone, it was just like a collective, oh, the heavens are open. <laughs>
3: uh, <laughs> Siobhan, did you ever hear about the story, hear the story about? When everyone thought that Dwayne McDuffie was trying Just League Black, no. Okay, Josh, should I tell? <laughs> should, I, should I fill him in? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so Dwayne, McDuff, Dwayne McDuffie was joining. He he was joining. The, he was writing uh, Just League back in like two thousand seven.
4: Yeah. And he he was told to bring in. He was told by uh, editorial to bring in. More black characters it's
2: uh-huh.
4: so like uh vixen uh John Stewart uh Jason rush and so and the art like someone like like i think I think the artist did a pin up or not a pin up a uh like
3: did a mock up of how all the all the black arrows yeah. someone someone leaked it. And there was a bunch of outrage. Like, and the, the exact quote was, "He's turning the Justice League all black. He's getting rid of the white guys."
1: <laughs> Cry harder. <It's laughs> it's
0: like, even during that run, like it's not like he put a big focus on all those black characters either. So it's like making this big hubbub about having like i think three black characters in the justice league mainly and only yeah. one of them really gets a focus and that's vixen you know like yeah. john stewart's there but he's you know he's not really a main he, character he didn't have
3: the, he didn't have the role he has uh during, on the current current uh series or when scott snyder was writing it where he was like the straight up head of the the justice league
0: so yeah, it's just just one of those stupid things about dumb white people getting all upset because a black character takes the lead spot for yeah. a little bit. It's so dumb. Yeah,
1: it's 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 funny that we're talking about it and I just went on Twitter and I'm looking at a site, they're like, Oh, you know, DC stands for diverse of casting and it's showing you know, all the different characters that they have that are coming up in future projects, you know, movies and stuff like that. And I, 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 never, you know, like don't go lick in the comment section. Don't go lick in the comment section because <laughs> you already know what the comment section is gonna look like. Don't be bold. It's some white guys like rip comic accuracy. You know, just like... <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just like cry harder with,
4: I, just it's people like that
1: where uh, it's just comic gate like... people. Yeah, just, just I guess comms gate racist, just a holes,
0: douchebaggeries. It's just, <laughs> and they always <laughs> try to be really sly about it. It's like, oh no, I don't care that they're this. It's because their hair color is not blonde anymore. You know, yeah. it's like, no, 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 no. We know what your real problem is here, and it's not something as, you know, tiny as the color of their hair or, you know, yeah, how tall just... they are. It's. Excuse just like me, one I, of
3: the... I, excuse me, I dropped my fedora.
0: <laughs>
1: like like one of the comments is, yes, now since this is okay, how about a white guy for Jon Stewart or Icon or Static? Or would that be whitewashing I see? And I'm just like just <laughs> Exactly what I talked about earlier. Just like <laughs> These are characters, like, you're trying to be like, oh, we can make them white. I'm like, Static, Icon, and and, and John Stewart, you can never be white. Why? It's because mm-hmm. those characters are specifically African-American. They were made African-American. Like, you can't be like, Peter Parker's black. No, he's a white dude. But Spider-Man can be anyone. It's like they get mad, like, oh, it's a black Spider-Man, or this or that. I'm like, okay, but Miguel o'hara was a hispanic spider-man but you guys love him i'm like so why is it not cool for we to have i'm like spider-man is a title it's a moniker it's not like that character with that title was specifically you you know like a white guy like you can't be like oh we're gonna turn a white guy black light uh, a white guy be black lightning the name is black lightning (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's specifically go ahead
3: Javon, have you have you gotten a chance to read the series, uh, the the young know, the uh, uh the Wonder Comics uh, series, Naomi? Uh, no, but I heard so many good things about it.
0: It's fantastic.
3: That there is mean, a there is a major uh, tribute to Dwayne McDuffie in that series. Oh,
4: okay. I gotta, and it's,
1: I gotta, I gotta and it's getting a show. Oh, yes, I do know about the show. Is this still happening? Cause it's gonna be yeah. CW, correct? Yeah.
3: Yeah. 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 That and the Wonder
1: Girl, uh, series.
4: Oh, nice.
1: But yeah, you know, I'm sorry to get off topic, but it's just like things like that. Like I said, you can't make Black Panther white because it's Black Panther. You can't make Static white because Static was a product of his environment. Yeah, y- you know what I mean. So when you see mm-hmm. like comments like that, it's just like. please it's like please do not get smacked down not we don't we're not we're not we're not not causing violence. people who are listening to this podcast but just know the frustration of being a black person in nerd media and comics and you have to hear this you have to see people write this crap and you're just like Woosa, woosa, don't go into the comments, don't say
0: anything, <laughs>
1: because you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, so you keep it to yourself.
0: It's just so <sighs> sad, like, it's like, 98%, percent this just pulled out of my ass, 98% of the characters in comics are white. And suddenly now it's 97 because now there's another black character and suddenly it's like, oh no, oh no, they're coming for, <laughs> you know, they're coming for our white character. So it's like, you still own, like, almost the entirety of the characters that <laughs> exist in this medium. Why are you so frail and pathetic to be so concerned about this uh, additional character? <laughs> like, exactly. Uh, and that's
1: what, what I said earlier, where it was just kind of like offhand. I'm, I mean, you guys know a lot of black comics and stuff like that, and even uh, obscure characters but a normal person who's just getting into comics or who's on the kind of shallow end of like reading comics is like how many black characters can you really name that isn't <laughs> static or cable or blade or something like that how many characters can you actually name? versus how many obscure ass you know you know, white characters you can, you can name oh here's miracle man and this person and you're just like okay cool <laughs> yeah. So
0: it's like if I gave you a list of 200 characters at random and I told you to close your eyes and point to one of them, but what are the odds that's not going to be a white character? <laughs> yeah,
1: the odds are very low. <laughs> Let's be was, real on that. There was another
4: thing that uh, Dwayne McDuffie mentioned about like how the how white.
3: Or not 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 white. Uh, basically just how comic book fandom is about certain certain things. Yeah. Like Batman getting the drop on a certain super, a certain character. Uh believable. Or in our eyes believable. Uh but if he if but if he was running Black Panther getting the drop on Thor, they're like, he can't that can't happen.
2: Yeah.
4: It's not Batman possible for a black
0: the... character to have prep uh. time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was about to say that. Oh, Batman has prep time; he could do this. <laughs> oh no, that character can't
1: because of now they want to throw in physics and this and that, and you're just like, oh, okay, <laughs> cool, 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 cool. <laughs> that's just like if I'm like, who do you think will win in a fight, Thor or Static? Uh, and I'm like,
4: that—that's actually. A, oh, I would—I would love to see that.
1: Uh, I would love to. To I, I honestly. Think Thor would get? I mean, cause you've seen the superpower. I, I think they, they did. not want a superpower beatdown on for uh, once. I know the, the Static fought someone and he just mopped the floor at him. I'm like, oh, I think it was uh Spider Man or something. I don't know. But I'm like, Thor has lightning. Static really takes you know electromagnetic powers from around him. So <laughs> I think he will be. Able, he has untapped energy i think he would probably beat thor but i could be wrong but i still would love to see that fight
0: i'm really so did you read icon Javon? uh not a
1: not a lot I, I i've read like a few things here and there but not a lot so you're probably more knowledgeable on
0: because he's one of those characters i would really be curious to see like your opinion of him mainly because he seems so he seems like one of those people you like one of the black people you would see at a Trump rally. In a way, because yeah. he seems to have like, oh, <coughs> the police are on our side, you know. Uh, yeah. You know, pick yourself up by the bootstraps and that kind of mentality. Very kind of Republican ask. And so I, yeah. I would be really curious to see like what your opinion in, is of him. Um, just because of how different he seems to be written to what uh, like at least i imagine i would like to think a lot of black people are <laughs> like yeah it's not like the government's really been great to black people in general but i feel like republicans are probably a little bit worse on that regard i, I, I mean i like could be said, wrong I, i'm not i don't want to
1: yeah i like i said i can't really give a, a a definite thing on that but i've you know read small things here and there but from what it sounded like I think he was probably mostly written as an optimistic kind of black character. Yeah. Whereas he's trying almost in a sense kind of a Sam Wilson-esque to a certain degree where he wants to see the good in in the country and the people doing this stuff. So he just kind of isn't letting uh, 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 the negative side affect him. But at the same time, I can see where that is a dissonant like, you were kind of disconnected towards other people? Because, th- you know, there are black people that are like that. They're like, oh, you know, yeah. I'm not going to let, you know, what happened in the past and slavery and all that stuff, you know, it happened, but, you know, oh, the country's trying to do better, and it's like, alright, it's cool. You want to have optimism, but it's like, when does two or it's kind of like, you kind of got a small point, but, bro, you can't pass. You cannot just wipe the So that's from from what you're telling me, that's what kind of what I got, but I definitely have to read more to give a full in-depth analysis. So please just kind of take what
0: I just said with like a grain of salt. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) Sorry. Well, I think it's also pretty great because Rocket is kind of like what I imagine. You know, like the correct response to be. And Icon yeah. is the opposite. And so, like, they're two kind of personalities and uh, kind of <coughs> understandings on how the world should or does work kind of clash in a way that's really entertaining. Yeah. So, for, like, one example is that, and I think it's issue two of Icon, you know, they both go to help this, like, kind of hostage standoff. And the police are surrounding the building, and Icon lands, and Rocket, like, the entire time is, like, don't do this. Like, the police are not on our side. You do not go down there and talk to them. They're not going to side with you. And he's like, No, yeah. no, no. Just, just give me a chance. He goes down there, and he, you know, he starts you know, trying to make his point. And they're just like, No, put your hands up. We're going to arrest you and all this. And he's like, Okay, I'm trying to help you guys, but if this is what will get you, you know. <laughs> and he just kind of yeah. goes along with it. And he doesn't like the fact that. Like Rocket will use the hard R version of the N, you know the N word and all this. Yeah, and it's just like the way that they clash on so many things is fantastic. But it's one of those things like I'm like Icon Man. I don't know if
1: I can agree with you on
0: all this stuff.
1: And, And like I said, you you get to see the two different sides of you know the black. Struggled like the black persona, whereas you have like this kind of uh, 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 affluent kind of black guy who's you know, life is going good for him, and you know, he's doing his thing, which is icon, where he's kind of upper middle class, middle classes, and Hmm. then you have Rocket, who is kind of like the everyday black guy who's been in the trenches, who's you know, like status, you know, you lived in the hood or you know the inner city and you see the horrors and just like the the struggle that comes with it so you're more in tune with reality and you kind of got a chip on your shoulder of a sense but it's like listen i i know i'm seeing with my eyes open whereas icon is just like no we got to do better i got this power so i don't want to see him as like the scary black guy and you know i gotta be kind of upstanding upright how society wants me to be and that is like an internal struggle with black people and even myself and i think john stewart is the best of both worlds on that because he is like you know the military man so he's standing for what needs to be right but he's john stewart's like now nah, i'm still black at, the, at my core he's <laughs> like i will let you know what's up and i'm not gonna take your crap and and and, and that's why i love john so and just you know you talk my icon <laughs> and rocket i'm like they're just two sides of the inner sh- turmoil and the inner fight of a black guy where, like I said, you can come from the streets or just be a regular black guy, but people are going to think you're scary. And So when you get out, like uh, how we have code switching in black language where we'll use AAVE, which is African-American Vernacular English, or, you know, you know, it's like, yo, what's up and stuff like that when you're around other black people, but then when you kinda of get out in public to not make let people see think that you're uneducated or scary or a thug, you kinda of put on a a white voice and you're like, oh I, you know, pronounce words more. Hi, how you doing? You know, it's a great day out there. <laughs> and it's <laughs> and it's not that you're doing it to be fake, but it's kind of a defense mechanism that we as black people have to use when navigating and going out into the world because people already think you know like i said you're scary or educated or this and that so you got to use this kind of chameleon defense mechanism to to live and to, and to survive and i think that's pretty much what icon and rocket is where I, icon is that i want to be better i want people to see that <clears throat> i'm not who they think i am and you know upstanding citizen not saying he's faking it but that's how he survived, especially being a hero where Rock is just like, nah, I am who I am. You either hate it or love it. (laughs) You're just going to deal with this. And, you know, this is my blackness. So I I, I totally get it because both sides of these two heroes are me and millions of other black people. And this is just a daily thing. So I think, you know, you might not agree with Icon and it's just kind (laughs) of like... oh god you seem like you're gonna be one of those and so you're just like okay but when you really understand it you're like okay so i think i think that's brilliantly done especially in the world of supers that's just kind of like that that clashing comes and it's just like you know you're still black at the end of the day no matter how you try <laughs> to present yourself And how you want people to see you, they're still going to treat you like a black man. (laughs) And it's kind of a funny thing to laugh at, but it's so true. It's like you can't... And and I know this is kind of getting... Sorry, guys, I don't mean this to be political, but I mean, it's Black History Month and we are talking about it, so it's still on topic. I mean, this is why
0: we had you on, because it's not like (laughs) me and Alan really understand all this. (laughs) But it's
1: like... um, Like I tell friends everywhere... You know, from different cultures and background, they're like, oh, you know, come to, you know, come hang out here in my this country here or whatever. You won't have it as bad as you do in the states. And I'm like, as lovely as that might sound, that is a total. And I'm like, because how the world views and portrays black people, especially you know, black men, I'm like, no matter where I go, that stigma is on me. And you see it in the media and stuff every day. I'm like, I'm not gonna get into that, but you know black people being done the way they are by the, the government and by police and they could be affluent black people don't have a record or anything or you know just living their daily lives and the first thing they do is when the police or someone's in the wrong is let's go back and look at their criminal record to see oh god you mm. you know you didn't return a book on time you're a villain and it's like man was just this person was just taken down brutally their life was snuffed out and you're gonna go back into their past to justify what just happened yeah it's like wow so and 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 that's where you know i'm since where it's like i can just be like hey hey hey," you know i'm the the cock of the walk and everything's good and i can pronounce words and you know but at the end of the day people are still going to see and I think that's where, you know, Icon and Rocket where Rocket's just like you know, I, I'm guessing whenever they butt heads, it's just like, dude, at the end of the day you're a hero, you have all this power you're black. The world's still not going to be kind to you.
4: <laughs>
1: See, so, this you is know,
0: why this I was... wanted you on. To get this perspective. Thank,
1: I appreciate you
0: having me on. But yeah, man, that's just how it goes. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry I didn't mean to go all, go all deep and political I'm like it's a podcast it's the way McDuffie we're going to keep it light but like I said uh, I apologize but at the same time I don't apologize because people need to hear these type of things this is my life and the lives of many millions of other you know, black people that live in this world and in this country and it, it's got to be you know it's got to be heard and the stories have to be told because it's the reason why Dwayne McDuffie, a lot of a lot of other artists in you know the comic realm and other media's why they tell the stories that they do because there's so much more that people don't understand or don't see or choose not to see, and it also just humanizes you know black people the minorities of you know we are human beings too we're in the struggles that we deal with and these stories and give us an outlet to be able to take you know to show our frustration and our pain and our love and our joy and and all of those different things and said that that's why i love how you know the static shock cartoon showed a lot of it, you know, there's. I'm pretty sure there's millions of you know white kids who only heard about the inner city through you know rap videos or movies or stuff like that, which you know didn't always paint it in the in a positive light. And I was one of those.
0: See, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and then I grew you up see in a small town of like five thousand. I think I could count the number of black people I knew on one hand, just to put yeah. it in perspective. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So you you see
1: that, and then you you kind of see Static and you're like, whoa, okay. And, 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 you know, it came on the, you know, Kids WB back in the day, so it was in a lot of households. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So to see that, and and it it kind of brings my heart joy where I see different, you know, people in different races, like, man, I love Static too. Like, I I posted the redesign on my Twitter and you know, it blew up (laughs) and people were like, oh, Static, I used to watch this as a kid and stuff like that. I'm just like, me too. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you you know you, you see a lot of black people uh talk about it but then you see all these other people so you feel like that camaraderie and you're just like oh my god man mm-hmm. like this and i wish Dwayne McDuffie was still alive today to see i mean he saw it but even now in this new age and it's on HBO Max guys so go watch it now um to to see the influence that he has had on so many people in this medium black white just all shades and it's it's a lovely thing and i'm just glad that you know his wife can see that but i just wish Dwayne was here to see these characters and the love and the impact that he had not only on my life but now i can share it with my my nephews and you know just other people can share it with their kids and you know so on and so forth and it's, it's just it, it makes you feel loved and, and it makes you you know being a black person and there to me it makes me feel seen. And now I'm just like I see you know, I see the new stuff for static and I'm like, Oh man, I wanna cosplay that. I've always wanted to do a static <laughs> shot like I've always wanted to do a static shot cosplay, but I'm just like redesign is so freaking cool like i want to do this like right now <laughs> so you know to now you're getting like these other milestone characters coming out too and it's just like i'm gonna fucking oh, excuse me i'm gonna cosplay them as well i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna do that i'm gonna i'm gonna read all these milestone comics uh, you know support black artists and black comic makers and and things of that nature it's just like i am ready it's 2021 i am ready for this i've been waiting for this for god knows how long it's just like it's finally happening and it's just kind of like <clears throat> you know dc's doing it i'm like marvel has been doing it but i'm like all right marvel <laughs> now's your time to really really shine besides you know you know the the main black characters that you know you got us like hey you gave us smiles, and now we got riri and you know a freaking love moon girl and devil dinosaur and i'm ready for that show so it's just kind of like a, a revolution just coming out. And, you know, not just with black characters, you know, other characters, you know, of other minorities as well. Definitely, we we got to up that. Uh, you know, I think Marvel is just doing a career as, as well right now. They're coming out with one who's supposed to be like the Korean version of Captain America. I forgot his name. But, yeah, they're doing that.
2: Yeah, I can't <laughs> but, um...
1: It. But, yeah, just... You know, once again, I'm black, so I'm just gonna stick with this in the Black History Month, but it just feels so good. It just the energy of just like, oh, we ready. And just even seeing when Black Lightning first came on TV on the CW me and Alan was always talking about it, and it was just like, man, that you you definitely have to write, watch it. I, I kind of feel like after a while it kind of got a little cheese, but it's still good. Still definitely a great show, but it it tackled a lot of issues that were Times and what's going on, and you can feel it in the writing, the characters, and it hit hard. And there's episodes that I'm like that made me mad. I was ready to fight, but also <laughs> at the same, like really. <laughs> but there's episodes that made at the same time it made me feel, you know, like a camaraderie. It made me cry. It, it like it broke me down to to my core and just being black and you know you see these stories and you see these issues and I'm just like I see this day I live this and it, it like I said it, it hit it hits home so you can identify with that and it's really good because like I said you don't get so much you know you see a white character and you're like alright you know I can understand that situation but I can't see myself in that situation
4: as a black character so, it's just like, ugh. Yeah. Uh, kind of... So, the Duran McDuffie Award for Diversity was um it was, it was announced a few hours ago. Oh, nice. And it was
3: the winner was the creative team of They Called the Enemy.
2: Okay.
4: Which is uh, George DeKay, Justin Isinger, uh Steven Scott, and Harmony Becker. So hmm.
0: Also hmm. important to note that today we're recording on the twentieth. Dwayne McDuffie would have been fifty nine today.
1: Oh. Oh, so the twentieth was his birthday? Oh man.
0: Yep. <laughs> and so, we're
3: well, go ahead I'm sorry. You, had he lived, apparently he would have been writing movies for, for Sam Jackson. Yep. What?
1: Oh, see, now I'm just kind of like a Dwayne McDuffie Sam Jackson <laughs> collab. Like, what? How awesome. And I did, I feel bad because I did not know yesterday because since we're now the 21st, I did not know that was his birthday. So <clears throat> now I- I'm so glad we didn't do the podcast last week. <laughs> and we're doing it, you know, sorry about that, you know, I had things to do, but it just it makes this so much more I I, I had the word was on the tip of my tongue. It makes it more special and emotional because we're talking about a man who and I feel like I've just kind of taken over the podcast. I'm so sorry guys. Just, Don't apologize, like please. They're gonna be like, That guy talked the whole time, we didn't get them um, so I apologize. But it just to me, that just it feels so special that I got I get to talk about such a man uh, who has impacted my life so much as being a black person, and he saw himself in other people, and to celebrate his life,
4: talk about all his achievements, and
1: you know, even though I'm. Just, I know you guys have talked way more about it, you know, throughout the whole month and stuff like that. And I'm, this is kind of surface level. and It's more personalized, and but it's just, you know, now knowing that, it's just like, whoa, everything happens for a reason. We were supposed to do the podcast last week, that didn't happen. We're doing it this week, you know, today. It was on his birthday, and it's just like, okay,
4: okay, a little emotional right now. <laughs> just. <laughs> Just well, to, so make much... Maris,
0: to make matters to make matters worse, uh, the twenty first is the day he died, which is so, another yeah yeah. So it's like <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a lot. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's it's a lot, but it's just like even that you know, knowing that today you know is the anniversary of his death. You know, he died after his birthday. It's it's it doesn't hurt as a. Because once again, it's just like, you know, doing this podcast and it feels like a celebration of his life. Even in death, it's just like he is still being such a big influence on so many people that, you know, if you don't really think about it. It's like, oh, it's sad, but you're like, man, I, his legacy lives on. Mm-hmm. You know, you got the Dwayne McDuffie Awards, you know, Static came on HBO Max last week out of nowhere to talk, you know. Damage control was in Spider Man Homecoming. Yeah, there it is. You know, there's there's so much, so it's just like man, this Dwayne McDuffie. I wish you were alive today because God, ah, you just done. <laughs> thank you, just really, really thank you. And there's a lot of other people who have done a lot of things, but you know, we'll, we'll talk about them another time. This is all in his accolades, but just thank you for letting me see myself. And just giving stories it's meant a lot in so many. It's just words cannot express the gratitude. It's pretty much what I'm getting at without trying to trip over my own tongue. Just uh, uh, breathtaking, a giant um, amongst men. Just definitely up there with Stanley to me.
4: Yeah. yeah. Guys, masterful.
1: <laughs> sorry to sorry to drone on. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> fine. Like, see, just I like, mean, uh, you know, as you know, we may be fans, but the stuff that he's done hits us nowhere near on the same level as it would hit someone like you. Yeah, just because you know, we don't have the same struggles. We don't have to worry about the same you know fears just in general in life you know if i get pulled over i'm yeah. gonna worry about the same things you're gonna have to about. yeah there's you know i want you on because you will be able to speak to all of this way better than alan and i can and i i have zero problems with you hijacking this podcast uh, yeah. <laughs> because it's why i wanted you on i wanted you to be able to speak for all these things that he he represented for everything he yeah. you know worked his ass off to try and get across the, through his entire career. And so to have you on here and just to let it out, to you know be open about how much all of this is still a thing, even with as much progress as happened, how much yeah. still needs to happen. You know, I I'm glad to have yeah. you on and I'm glad you're able to just you know, speak yeah, your I, mind I, about all this.
1: I I really do appreciate that. You know, for you guys having me on and let me talk about it, and just, you know, express it. Because he 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 paved the way for so many. and Like I say, I don't the the DC just animated era. Just that is all Dwayne McDuffie. I mean, there's a lot of people that did it, but the first thing you you the name you say is Dwayne McDuffie. You say Justice mm-hmm. League. You say Dwayne McDuffie. You say pretty much uh those dc animated movies you say dwayne mcduffie you know there's other people who did great ones i mean correct me if i'm wrong alan and 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 josh but and he did some stuff with marvel too did he did he not or uh, no yeah he
0: i mean that's kind of where his comic career started and then he dabbled in it a little bit later on but yeah for the most part he was you know even with milestone it was still basically a dc thing you know in the background so he was basically DC majority of his career.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I and he she, DC gave him control, and he. I honestly would have if he were still alive. You think they would have let him be the head of like the DC movie division? Oh,
0: oh man. I don't know. You would like to think they would have. Yeah. But you know, because he's being black, I doubt it. But
1: still, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's we laugh, but it's you know, kind of true. Yeah, but I, like, think I don't even know if there's def- like
0: anybody on the animation side who's taken charge of the live action stuff. I, I, I definitely think he would have had.
1: He's writing just as dark. I, I definitely think he would have had a hand in. Movies, and I definitely think he would have uh,
4: done for Black Lightning, the TV show, for sure. But I mean, in a perfect world where Dwayne is still alive, it would be great to see him do stuff for the DC universe, you know,
0: the live action. It's just me
1: <laughs> wishful thinking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, if he had a bigger hand in all that stuff it definitely would have been I think turned out a lot better <laughs> what it did <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> he would have did a better job than redacted on those you know cuts for uh, Justice League <laughs> and stuff like that
0: well I think God, how long have we been going now a little over two hours yeah I think I we weren't going to go that long on this episode I, I think we <laughs> this is the longest episode we've done this month
1: you know what? That is my bad. And I feel like that is a common thing. It's just like anytime we do an episode it's like, oh, it's going to be an hour. It's like two hours. I'm like, oh, crap. I talk freaking much.
0: <laughs> it was worth it. I have no yeah. no, no regrets having you on. I've loved this episode. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. I'm sorry, sorry. Alan, man. <laughs> no, it's it's fine, dude. Uh so before I cut everyone loose, is there anything else you want to bring up before we go? Or I know it's late on your guys' end, especially, so. I, I, I've, I've said enough, so I'm just going to let you guys have your go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, so is there shit. anything else you want to bring up before? Uh, no, not really. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the only, you know, as I was reading through his stuff, the only thing I would have liked to have seen more from him is more characters that he could have used his, you know, physics (laughs) knowledge in, you know, reading like Fantastic Four and his Firestorm run and all that, where I think, I think using his background in physics would have been such a fantastic use in some of those characters with, you know, the more sciencey stuff, but. Yeah, you know, it's it's a shame, but yeah,
1: it is, I, and definitely would have loved to see him do some more Marvel stuff, um, as
4: well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, that's it. I will. I will let everyone go go, go <laughs> to bed and all that. Um. The only really the only thing I want to mention is that, you know, the Dwayne McDuffie Fund. If you can contribute to it, please go contribute to it. I will post a link in the show notes, just like I have the past couple weeks. Um, I guess they have like a tribute video at the end of the McDuffie Award for Diversity that they did today. Um, so mm-hmm. if I can find that video, I will post it on our Twitter. And if there's a direct link, I'll post that in the show notes as well. Um, it, it's yeah,
3: on the Dwayne uh, McDuffie Award uh, Facebook page.
0: Okay, I'll check that out. Other than that, just the normal stuff, you know, rate, review, share the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to make this about us. This is about Dwayne. And don't let all the work he did in his career go to waste. Spread, you know, the love for the characters. Don't let diversity hit a brick wall. Just change the industry for the better. And it can get better it can get much, much better. So, you know what? Just, just keep doing it for his legacy, for everyone else who needs to see themselves reflected in a, any medium that
2: <coughs> is clearly not there yet. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and so Alan, do you want to, you know, I'm not going to do my Twitter and all that. I, 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 I don't care <laughs> at this, at this <laughs> point. I'm, I'm more concerned with Dwayne's thing, but Alan, do you want to share your Twitter and all that?
3: Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at the Alan
4: <coughs> And do you have
0: a tweet of the week?
3: Yes, I do. It's from nine hours ago today when <laughs> uh, Emma and I were
4: recording Players Club. It's just simply a quote that says, "Alan Wake is Sam Lake,"
2: <laughs>
4: because everyone was just talking about uh, Alan Wake, like him being a him his stuff with, with control being an altered world
3: event, or him being a sort like a special type of person, like a like an anomaly type of person. And I said, oh, so Sam Link then.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I got that reference.
0: And then, Javon, I will leave you to All s- right. spread your your goodwill here.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I, and Alan loves this. We used to do this on the other podcasts when I used to call out my name. <clears throat> I do have a Twitter if you guys want to hit me up and follow me. Uh, I do get unapologetically. So just fair warning, but you can find me on Twitter to the U, to the Z, to the M, I mean U, to the Z, to the A, to the M, to the A, to the K, to the I, to the J, Uzumaki J. Yes, that's Mikey J on Twitter. I love it you do that. I
0: always forget you do it.
1: Every time I know on a podcast, I'm like, Alan doesn't even have to say a word. I already know it. I'm going to do it, and we're just going to rock it. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> thanks once again. Thanks for having me on the
0: podcast. Right. This is really fun. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Seriously, I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And with that, we will bid you all adieu. See you further down the hyper time and long live Dwayne McGovern.
2: Long live.
1: This has been a VGU.TV production. For all of the hottest hot takes and
4: other opinions on video games, music, and a lot more, tune in to VGU.TV.